Welcome to the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Phil Berge. Every other week, I challenge you to connect action and wisdom on your leadership journey. Each podcast features a leadership tool or approach to apply immediately to your work and life. Drawing from my experiences as a business owner, a a nonprofit executive, an educator, a process consultant, and an executive coach. If you'd like to dig deeper, you can find these episodes and more on leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com. Join me as I bring some theory, a little humor, and tons of results-oriented wisdom served up in about 20 minutes while you exercise, drive, or whenever you're ready to grow. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Phil Berge, and I'm excited to share this third episode of the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at two types of leadership difficulties. Using the work of Ronald Heifetz, we'll look at the differences between what he calls technical problems and how they're different from adaptive challenges. So let's get started. You got a flat tire. Well, that's a problem. Actually, since there is a known solution, it's a technical problem. And so since it's a technical problem and has a known solution, the action required is fixing. But what if you got four flat tires in one week? Well, each of the flat tires would still be a technical problem. However, there's something else going on here. Why are you getting all these flat tires? Well, a technical approach to all the flat tires would be to learn how to fix the flat tires faster and cheaper. Maybe you'll even learn how to become less frustrated with getting flat tires. Fat chance, right? But thought I'd throw that in there. But that would be an example of applying a technical fix to what Ronald Heifetz calls an adaptive challenge. Heifetz is a professor at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government who has written a few of the most important books I've ever read on leadership and authority. In the podcast program notes, we'll list a few of the books he's written with his colleagues, along with an article and a video on YouTube. An adaptive challenge, according to Ronald Heifetz, means that you don't know the solution in advance. Why are you getting all these flat tires? Well, instead of moving to quick fixes, you need experimenting, discovery, learning, and that takes time. It might mean watching carefully as you retrace your drive, watching for clues. It might mean making sure the tires are being fixed properly. But the point is that adaptive challenges are ones in which the solution, assuming there is one, lies beyond our current understanding. Cambridge Dictionary defines the word adapt this way, to change or to change something to suit different conditions or uses. My wife Yvonne and I recently went on a rigorous hike Well, I thought it was rigorous. Hey, it had over 800 vertical feet in a four-mile hike. And now that I'm about 100 years old, that's rigorous. I'm actually not 100. Anyway, the next day I noticed that my Achilles tendon was tight. The following day, my whole leg was messed up. Why? Well, my body was trying to adapt to the sore tendon down below, which changed my gait and the way I walked which in turn led to other adjustments and machinations. The body is truly a system comprised of many moving parts. And when one part is stressed or strained or broken or whatever, it affects the whole body. Well, the same is true wherever leadership meets life. In past episodes, I've talked about the importance of understanding systems. 
In fact, you might want to hear my first podcast that featured toilet paper and bald eagles as a way of learning more about systems. But back to technical problems and adaptive challenges. In any social system, whether it's a family or a club or an organization or a business that you're part of, there are many moving parts. If you make changes in one part of the system, chances are good that the impact of those changes will show up along the way in other parts of the system. I was coaching a business leader who described that his company changed the way their corporate headquarters tracked and allocated sales. And guess what? In a convoluted and not immediately obvious way, it negatively impacted some of the commissions that was part of the compensation for those who do the selling. Well, this led to salespeople selling differently in order to increase their commissions, which negatively impacted the company's overall sales. Sometimes this is called unintended consequences, and it happens in many ways, from parenting to leading to hiking. Well, that's an example of an adaptive challenge that you can't quickly fix with technical fixes. So the point so far is that there is a difference between technical problems that have known solutions and require fixing and adaptive challenges in which not only is the solution unknown, but often we can't even agree on how to describe or define the problem itself. So with adaptive challenges, fixing before we have learned more about the challenge can actually drive the difficulty deeper into the system. In the words of Heifetz, and I quote, adaptive work consists of the learning required to address conflict in the values people hold or to diminish the gap between the values people stand for and the reality they face. Adaptive work requires a change in values, beliefs, or behavior, end of quote. That being the case, the work of leaders is, is really to expose and to bring to the surface those internal contradictions or hidden conflicts among individuals and groups in order to help folks learn new ways. As Heifetz says, getting people to clarify what matters most in whatever balance or proportion with whatever trade-offs becomes really the central task, end of quote. Heifetz cites his colleague, Jeff Lawrence, who says this brilliantly, there is no such thing as a dysfunctional organization because every organization is perfectly aligned to achieve the results it currently gets, end of quote. So how do I determine if something is a technical problem that needs fixing or if it requires adaptive work? Well, here's a little list. Technical problems are easy to identify they often have a quick fix or straightforward solution. Often they can be resolved by an authority figure, whether it's a mechanic or a principal or a doctor. They generally require little systemic change. They're pretty localized usually. And people usually embrace technical solutions largely because it fixes their problem, like a broken furnace or an air conditioner. Adaptive challenges, on the other hand, are difficult to identify and actually easy to deny. Adaptive challenges require changes in people's values, beliefs, roles, relationships, approaches. People who are experiencing the challenge need to be part of the solution and help address the challenge. That is, they can't be resolved by an authority figure issuing an edict. Adaptive challenges involve changes that usually impact beyond one's own job or department to many others. 
they often create resistance to the change and even to acknowledging the need for the change. Solutions usually require experimentation and openness that leads to discoveries and learnings, which in turn lead to the next steps to take. So that means that usually they take time and perseverance. For example, taking medicine daily to control blood pressure is essentially a technical fix for the problem of high blood pressure. But an adaptive challenge is changing a lifestyle to eat healthier, get more exercise, do other things to reduce stress in life. So simply stated, Heifetz's own definition of adaptive leadership is, quote, the practice of mobilizing people to tackle tough challenges and thrive, end of quote. So drawing from evolutionary biology, Heifetz highlights six points about adaptive leadership. And I'm going to read these quickly, and then I'll circle back to each one with a context. Number one, adaptive leadership is specifically about change that enables the capacity to thrive. Number two, successful adaptive changes build on the past rather than jettison it. Three, organizational adaptation occurs through experimentation. Four, adaptation relies on diversity. Five, new adaptations significantly displace, re-regulate, and rearrange some of the old DNA. And number six, adaptation takes time. So Heifetz sums this up by saying, and I quote, adaptive leadership thus requires persistence. Significant change is the product of incremental experiments that build up over time. Those who practice this form of leadership need to stay in the game, even while taking the heat along the way, end of quote. Now let's look quickly at Heifetz's six points of adaptive leadership using a current situation. Teaching elementary or middle school during a global pandemic. We'll use an actual fictitious teacher for our illustration. I was, I was going to go with Ms. Ima teacher, but when I googled that name, it's in use in a number of ways. Who knew that Ima is actually the International Massage Association? So I'm going with Mr. Vidco. Now, if you ponder that name later on, it might make sense or it might, you might chuckle. Probably you'll groan. Mr. Vidco. Anyway, Heifetz's first point was that adaptive leadership is specifically about change that enables capacity to thrive. Okay, this is challenging right out of the gate. For the most part, the pandemic rained havoc on thriving in general, and Vidco's teaching gig, of course, was no exception. No doubt Vidco was like any of the zillions of teachers during the first months of the pandemic. It was a sprint. And despite the frustrations and chaos, there was adrenaline at first. But as the impact of the pandemic droned on, Vidco was scrambling to help students stay engaged, to say nothing of thriving. Vidco surely tried many technical fixes, and some of them worked for a while, but the pandemic presented too many adaptive challenges. You know, the ones without obvious solutions, the ones we weren't even sure how to frame or tackle. And just as Vidco was finding some things that worked for virtual teaching, the state tried going back in person school again. Heifetz's second point about adaptive leadership is that successful adaptive changes build on the past rather than jettison it. So Vidco soon realized that while technical fixes sort of worked, trying to teach in a virtual classroom required adapting to this new environment. What worked in the physical classroom, he wondered? Well, the kids need to feel safe and connected. They need to feel engaged. 
And so Vidco did everything possible to make this new experience somehow feel familiar. Heifetz is point number three. Organizational adaptation occurs through experimentation. Little by little, Vidco persevered by trying this and then that. This didn't work well, but adapting that seemed to work better. And so it went week after week, month after month. Point number four is that adaptation relies on diversity. Vidco realized that students thrived more when they didn't get bored of that stupid Zoom screen. Monday has one theme, Tuesday a different one. Games that tired were swapped for others that had more staying power. Variety, in fact, was the proverbial spice of life, it turned out. And then number five showed up. New adaptations significantly displace, re-regulate, and rearrange some old DNA. Students liked the rather laid-back Vidco they learned from on Zoom and weren't so sure they liked the physically present Vidco who seemed like the dinosaur they vaguely remembered from months back. Students demanded their rights to variety and lower-key rules for the classroom. It became a struggle to find a balance. And Heifetz's sixth and final point, adaptation takes time. Fortunately, Vidco, like zillions of other wonderful teachers, and even some slightly less than wonderful ones, persevered and realized that over time, kids were adaptive and were actually learning. Vidco learned a bunch too, and in fact, he's still learning. So by now you're thinking, wow, Phil sure hasn't dealt much with leadership for technical problems. He seems infatuated with these adaptive challenges. Well, let me clarify, I'm not infatuated with adaptive leadership. I was just working with the assumption that when you get a flat tire, you will either change it or call AAA or ride it on the rims to a fix-it station. And similarly, when your TP roll runs out or you spill coffee on your shirt, I'm guessing by now you have a pretty good idea what to do. Leadership and life means dealing successfully with both technical problems and adaptive challenges. There's no value judgment here. Both types occur and each requires a different approach. The key is helping people around you discern what is a technical problem that needs fixing. And who is in the best place to fix it or which line item is the best one to pay for it from? And to discern when you and your team are facing an adaptive challenge so you can stop throwing technical fixes at it in order to get some objectivity and do some discovery and learning. And yes, that will take time. And yes, George over in payroll is sure that he could fix it now. But sit down with George and help him see the bigger picture and how his fix here might make things worse over there. He probably has some wisdom that will help with the overall adaptive solution. Well, next Tuesday, my blog post will build on this podcast episode to provide more detail about discerning differences between technical problems and adaptive challenges and how to address them. We'll also look at specific questions that you can use to help your colleagues or teams understand how to detect adaptive challenges and how to get their arms around them to promote experimentation and learning. If you haven't already heard my second podcast that featured the challenges and opportunities of using a strategy that is called navigating polarities, those dynamic tensions that exist in everyone's life and work, I hope you'll take the 20 minutes necessary to check it out because it actually adds even more depth to today's episode. Also, my next blog post next week will feature this notion of navigating polarities and putting it into the mix of the challenges around technical and adaptive work, wherever leadership meets life. So here's a glimpse at what all that means. First of all, some people are wired 
such that they seem to view most problems as fixable, including adaptive ones that require learning before they should be doing any fixing. A second group of people are wired in such a way that they seem to think everything needs to be studied and explored, and these folks often struggle with ever getting to the fixing part. And a third group of people see most things as polarities, as dynamic tensions, and, and they tend to assume life just has stuff built into it that you can't get rid of. They see a lot of things in life that they describe as simply inevitable, and you just have to buck up and deal with it. While admirable, and sometimes true, Taking a fatalistic view on challenges that are changeable and must be addressed is, is not a helpful framework to apply broadly. So when you as a leader feel like your team is simultaneously having different conversations but about the same topic, you likely are. If one or more people on your team views everything as fixable, and we just need to get rid of it, or get to it, or get fixing, and others see the complexity and the systemic interconnectedness and everything, but they struggle with taking action until we've talked and talked and talked about it. And yet a third group thinks everyone is just whining when they need to realize that life is hard and folks just need to learn how to buck up and stop expecting things to always go their way. If you see glimpses of two or all three of these tendencies on your team, I say rejoice. Rejoice because you have the makings of a team that can tackle anything once they learn how to appreciate the strengths and limitations of each of the three perspectives. In the future, we'll look at a few other tools to help you do this, like integrating the work of Patrick Lencioni, who offers wonderful counsel about how to deal with the five dysfunctions of teams. So summing up today's podcast, I hope you learned to look for the difference between technical problems that have known solutions and that require fixing and how they're profoundly different from adaptive challenges where the solution is not apparent and perhaps even agreeing on how to frame the challenge is even difficult. Adaptive challenges, by the way, are often bundled, to use Heifetz's word. That is, adaptive challenges are often bundled with technical problems. So viewing the adaptive challenge with some objectivity or getting up on the balcony, as Heifetz says, can give you space and time to view the challenge and learn what is beneath or behind the actions being taken by people that is actually producing the challenge. Time taken for experimenting and discovery and learning can help decide what things are fixable now or soon and what else needs further study and understanding before we throw fixes at something that could make it worse or create unintended consequences. So once again, I'm excited that you decided to join me for this Leadership Meets Life podcast today. I would love to hear what you found helpful about today's podcast or what you find perplexing. Reach out to me at leadershipmeetslifeblog.com or leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com. And let's start a conversation. I'd be honored if you'd share my podcast with at least three other people this week. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and follow me as we connect wisdom and action for your leadership world, wherever leadership meets life.